0: From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
2: When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact,
1: what is up welcome to another edition of the nfl fantasy football podcast it's me your man mg marcus grant alongside the fantasy hall of famer michael fabiano and the fantasy viper graham barfield and well it was another one of those just you know bonkers Look, it's why they call this the no-figure league, right? Just when we mm-hmm. think we've got it all set up, uh, when we have the the process right, the results don't go the way we want. There's
3: always like two or three weeks during the course of the season that go sideways. This went, went sideways and then some. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Uh, it was unbelievable. I mean, when you talk about a guy who scores four touchdowns and Marvin Jones being uh, started in 33% of NFL.com leagues. When you talk about Kyler Murray, who started in far more, who had one of the better matchups at quarterback, and game script just took him completely out of the mix. It was one of those very frustrating games. And speaking of the Cardinals, uh, David Johnson. Left many fantasy owners in hell yesterday.
4: Yeah, there's quite a few teams out there that if you if you put up like 85 or 90 points this week, like you you might have won. You probably are actually doing reasonably well because there are so many between injuries and just disappointments. It was just an extremely low scoring. week. Yeah,
1: Cliff Kingsbury, we need to have a talk. We just need to have a chat. We'll 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 get to that. We we just need to. Have it would a, have been
3: nice for him to say before the game what he said after the game. We we need that David talk. Johnson wasn't going. to. Man, yeah. that was that was kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will wrap
1: up week seven. Uh, last week, I, I was kind of on a Queen thing. Last uh, last night, as I was putting this together, I I had the Beastie Boys in my head. So uh, as we re- week seven roundup, we'll uh, we'll give you guys that are that were. Sh- we think are sure shots. Maybe that that should be in your lineup more regularly. Uh, guys who seem to be sabotaged and guys that, uh, you know, you have to fight for their right to be in your lineup. Cause uh, who knows? Uh, of course we we'll do the waiver wire as well because you know, uh, waiver wire, it's that's that time for you to put in your waiver claims for the week. Uh, but before we do all that, I'd say we go behind the glass, but we're actually on stage five today. Uh, so we'll just go <laughs> to s- the floor slightly over to my right. So sitting on the floor, to our faithful <laughs> producer, senior Edward L. Murphy, Esquire Murph, what's going on?
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting like literally at your feet <laughs> uh, and, and the, the new and beautiful uh, stage five with our own little setup here because it's a busy day here. But, yeah, I mean, one of those weekends where, you know, Yankees lost, Giants lost. But I was lucky enough in fantasy is one of those games where I had, the opponent had one guy and it was Alshon Jeffrey who did not do anything nice. one by two points. So it's like everything bounces out. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's the law of averages. So. Come on, the fantasy win is the only thing that matters uh, here. I totally agree. It's the only thing I have left going for me, really. So
1: I'm. Uh, I'm looking. I'm, I'm not a, a big hockey person. How are the Rangers doing right now? Uh,
4: they're a young team that's going to have a lot of bumps in the road. Okay. So it's and then the Knicks aren't going to give me much hope either. So. Mm, all right. All well, right. the Knicks have been, <laughs> the Knicks have been irrelevant for a while. I was, yeah. so. I was trying
1: to find some silver linings for you, but yeah, I guess fantasy is it. There.
4: That's, that's strictly it. <laughs> right.
1: All right. Well, on that point, uh, that note, then uh, let's do some news. <laughs> through the news. Uh, The first bit of news that actually just popped up just before we started recording here, uh, Kareem Hunt is eligible to begin practicing again with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, He is not eligible to come back onto the field until week 10 uh, as he finishes out his eight-game suspension. Of course, that's eight games, plus there was a bye thrown in there, so that gives you week 10 for Kareem Hunt's return. Uh, And I guess the biggest question, Fabs, and it's one that I'm sure we've all been getting for weeks now, If you have Nick Chubb, are you worried? Are you trying to move him? Or what are you doing with Nick Chubb right now?
3: I mean, I'm a little bit concerned. We're talking about one of the better running backs in fantasy football since he's been in the league. Of course, that was with the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, the Browns really don't have that number two, a guy who can compliment Nick Chubb right now. So you do have some concern about Chubb potentially losing some opportunities as a pass catcher. I would hope they're not going to utilize Kareem Hunt down near the goal line and in the red zone but you know me brother i always am looking for offers and if someone out there wants to make me an offer that i can't refuse that includes me trading nick chubb i'm open to it
4: i I think the big problem here for the browns is not their running game nick chubb is not their problem and he's averaging 5.3 yards per carry after averaging an absurd 5.2 last year they've just got they have got to get baker mayfield figured out and and if the, if Freddie Kitchens and Todd Monkin are smart, they'll keep rolling Nick Chubb. Maybe not as their bell cow because he's playing nearly every snap, but he should be their lead their lead rusher. I mean, Chubb has played over eighty percent of Brown's snaps in three of the past four weeks, and I, I don't think we can necessarily expect that when Hunt does return, but he has been just awesome. I'll Again, tell you one thing. On the ground.
3: They're not getting Baker Mayfield back this week. Patriots. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. The, no. The, the, at the, that's the, not going to happen. At the
4: very least, they have had 10-plus days to to theoretically get ready, but on the road in New England, yeah, terrible spot.
1: Uh, other bit of news that literally just popped up as we were talking right now, uh, both Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter reporting – Free agent running back Jay Ajayi is working out for the Arizona Cardinals and taking a physical. Oh, uh, according to reports, tweet the visit, which begins today and stretches into tomorrow, could result in a signing if all goes well. My immediate thought, guys, is yeah. David Johnson's injury is a lot uh, worse than we know right
4: now. That's all I can think. Right? The Cardinals, the Cardinals, and NFL teams are required to to co- to come out with pretty, I won't say in depth injury reports, but at least keep us apprised of injury reports. And it, it seems like DJ's injury, you know, he dealt with a back issue a few weeks ago and popped up with an ankle the last couple days. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's he's hurting way worse <sighs> than the Cardinals have let on.
3: Then, then why do we have injury reports? I, I mean, like, honestly, the, uh, <laughs> David Johnson was hurt way worse, obviously, than than any of us knew. The Cardinals sort of swept it under the rug, and, you know, his participations in practice were limited, and then, boom, now he doesn't play. And yeah. now they're... Potentially signing
4: Jaden Schefter just said too that they're going to work out Spencer, Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware. So the Cardinals are looking for depth right now. Yeah,
1: they're looking for depth. Uh, you know, obviously Chase Edmonds was fantastic yesterday, and, and even in the opportunities, the limited opportunities he's had, I feel like he has performed very well. But they need some depth. DJ Foster was inactive yesterday, so they're they're looking for some depth, and this this really suggests that the situation with David Johnson uh, is a whole lot worse than they were letting on. So uh uh if you've got chase edmonds hold tight uh if he is out there on the waiver wire which he is in plenty of leagues, A lot of leagues go find him go get him because he looks like he is going to be the running back of record there in arizona for the foreseeable future so uh some some i guess important news definitely big news popping up here uh, on monday morning elsewhere Drew Brees reportedly plans to return to practice this week for the New Orleans Saints. I know after the game yesterday uh, that... Sean Payton was sort of mum about it. He really wouldn't say much about it, but the reports are Drew Brees is going to be back as he uh, continues to rehab uh, with a thumb injury there. Um, look, Teddy Bridgewater has been fine. He's not necessarily a world beater, although he played well against the Bears on Sunday. He's winning games. He's winning games, and mm. that's, I mean, for the Saints, that's kind of the important part. But, I mean, Fab's getting Drew Brees back, it's it's. it's Even better news for Michael Thomas. It's better news for Alvin Kamara when he's healthy and back on the field. I mean, there's just no denying that Breeze makes this offense go at a completely different level than Teddy Bridgewater does. Yeah,
3: no question about it. And anyone out there who believes, well, Bridgewater should continue to be the starter is out of their mind because Breeze is a Hall of Famer. He's going to be back under center as soon as possible. And you're right, from a fantasy perspective, as good as Bridgewater's been, the pieces around him have been very unreliable, right? I mean... When you're talking about Jared Cook, you know, he's had a couple of games where he he scored a touchdown. He's had some other games where uh, he hasn't done much of anything. I mean, Alvin Kamara obviously didn't play this past weekend, but his numbers had been subpar based on his high previous standards. Latavius, what a game he had yesterday. But, yeah, Breeze makes everyone better uh, in that offense, both on the field and for fantasy owners.
4: Michael Thomas, guys, has just been so good without Breeze. I mean, he's been phenomenal. Nine for nine. Just as good. 11182 and two 8 for 89 and then yesterday he had a fantastic game with 9 130 and uh, 930
1: 131 uh almost as if uh, our pal Adam Levitan is listening to us do this right now he just tweeted as you're talking Michael Thomas has played five full games with Teddy Bridgewater this season his 16 game pace in those games a buck 30 134 catches. Seventeen hundred sixty-three yards and nine point six touchdowns. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty pretty good. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on Drew Brees. See what happens. How soon he is able to come back? But it looks like that return is very imminent. So if you held on to him, uh, you're getting close to some some relief here. Uh, If for whatever crazy reason somebody put him on the waiver wire, go snatch him up. Uh, I don't know why they would do that. Uh, Other quarterback news, Matt Ryan suffered an ankle injury in the Falcons blowout loss to the Rams. Uh, As somebody who started Matt Ryan in a whole bunch of leagues, when that game got away, as they tend to do for the Falcons this season, I was sort of sitting and waiting for the garbage points to roll in. They never did. Matt Schaub got there. Well, then he got hurt. Matt yeah. Schaub got a garbage-time mean, touchdown to Austin Hooper, which, hey, you know, keeps Hooper's value up. Um, and then on top of it, so Ryan gets the ankle injury, Graham. And, and I mean, at that point, it was like 27-3 to 3 or whatever it was. Um, there was really no point of the Falcons running him back out there. But now the question is, like, how serious is this? He left in a walking boot uh, on Sunday afterwards. And this really changes the dynamic of the Falcons offense I would think if if Matt Ryan's not there
4: no doubt and, and one thing that I'm concerned about is the Falcons play this week against the Seahawks at home and then they have their bye you know with five straight losses this team is one and six their defense obviously can't stop anybody and their 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 coach is obviously on the hot seat I'm I'm definitely a little concerned that Matt Ryan won't play this week and if that happens then then pretty much all of these guys outside of maybe Julio and then Austin Hooper of course at tight end would be uh unplayable but you know Matt Ryan's been fantastic for fantasy this year. And I think, you know, obviously getting hurt yesterday and, and the Rams D-line blowing up their, their game plan, at least in the first half, really contributed to uh, really his first bad game of the
3: year. And can we talk about Devonta Freeman? you, you got to make good choices Don't in life. pick fights with Aaron Donald. Don't throw a punch at Aaron I mean, not only is that just not smart for your own physical well-being, but then you get tossed out of the game, and you cost fantasy. I'm not
4: sure if that was worthy of being tossed. They were just kind of like locked up there, and I'm just more like was marveling at the fact that Aaron Donald <laughs> literally lifted him off. The I ground. was more, <laughs> I was more marveling that Devonta Freeman, who is not a not a very tall man, felt that he could bow up to Aaron Donald, who is who's a I'm
1: very probably, probably has a literally <laughs> is
4: 115 pounds on the
1: him. human personification of the Incredible Hulk. Yes. Like he just yeah, he's he a is. Big man, man. Um, Yeah, and, like, I literally had to, like, watch. I'm like, did he just get lifted up off the ground? I'm like, yes. Yes, he really did. Uh, So, Matt Ryan being out, that uh, certainly is going to impact a lot of people in that offense. I mean, I guess the the good news is Matt Schaub is not, you know, he's not some brand-new quarterback who's going to be deer in the headlights. Um, He Uh, at least has, you know, been a starter at some point. I will tell
3: you this, though. They're playing Seattle next week, I believe. Yeah. I'm streaming the Seahawks defense, man. You know why? Because Matt Schaub's middle name
1: pick six king of the pick sixes man yeah.
3: i will never forget when uh,
1: when he signed with the raiders and his first pass in training camp was a pick six and t- <laughs> twitter lost its collective mind yeah. there,
3: there was a there was a time there where like he had like two or three games in a row with pick sixes and it was just like streaming defense of heaven right there
1: oh it was it was the worst it, or the best i guess depending on your perspective yeah. uh adam thielen left Sunday's game for the Vikings with a hamstring injury. The Vikings went on to get a win, so they didn't necessarily miss him. But uh, I guess the upside is he caught a touchdown pass before he left. But now we're keeping an eye on how much this is going to impact him. Look, three weeks in a row, the Vikings have had a successful passing game, right? And Thielen had the touchdown yesterday. Stefan Diggs ended up having a couple of big plays. Uh, Kirk Cousins has another big day. So, I mean, this— this feels sort of like a loss now, right? Because the schedule opens up really nicely. They're starting to throw the football, so hopefully Adam Thielen's okay and can come back and
4: play. It sure does. And unfortunately, the Vikings are on a short week this week. They play on Thursday night, so I- revenge
3: game oh, for Kirk right. Cousins against Washington. Oh yeah, oh
4: yeah, you're right. I mean, is, Plus, there, is there a more is there a less boring revenge game than Kirk well, there's, Cousins there's, <laughs> against there's his there's own well,
3: team? Well, there's, there's, there's Fitzpatrick Fitzpatrick did pretty well against <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> but but yeah. you got you got you
1: got the. You've got the Kirk Cousins angle on one side. You've got the Adrian oh Peterson God, on the other yes! side.
3: It's the revenge it's the, game. It's, it's, revenge, the revenge. it's the double
1: revenge game here. That
3: is how we <laughs> have to sell this thing on Fox and NFL Network. It's oh, the Adrian man. Peterson versus Kirk Cousins <laughs> revenge
4: games. Uh, well, Thielen obviously got you in the box yesterday with the great – that was a fantastic that was was a great touchdown and then he that he hurt his hamstring out. on. Um, but Stephon Diggs, guys, this is um, – if Thielen is obviously probably going to miss uh, on Thursday night, this is just another good spot for Diggs to to continue maybe turning it around a little bit. Seven for 167-3 last week. Obviously had a good game this week as well. And a hu- he had a huge play uh, down the middle. Didn't score. But, yeah, Diggs, Diggs is slowly coming back to life a little bit here.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, maybe we just need more receivers to go out and uh, complain about their uh, lack of targets in an offense. I know. Why couldn't
3: we have this all season long, right? Because – this this whole change in offensive philosophy. Dalvin Cook is still eating, yeah, and the receivers are now putting up good numbers. Hopefully, Thielens okay. Unfortunately, like you guys had mentioned, short week, so that could uh, that could go against him.
1: Uh, more injury news. Carry on. Johnson had a knee injury in the loss to the Vikings on Sunday. That was one. I somehow missed him leaving the game. I just remember looking up and seeing Ty Johnson on the field and getting a whole lot of carries and targets mm-hmm. and not really knowing what happened until maybe close to halftime seeing a report that, uh, that he was out of the game. Um, Fabs, it's, it's been a frustrating year. I think fantasy wise for carry on Johnson, it hasn't been quite the production I think we would have wanted, but um, I mean, with the waiver wire being so thin, um, I don't know. We, I hope he comes back soon. I mean, do we do we believe in Ty
3: Johnson as the next man up there in that Detroit offense? Hey, man, we believe in touches. We believe in volume, and and, and on Johnson was getting that. Uh, you know, heading into this week, he had averaged what twenty four and a half touches over his previous two games, over seventy percent in terms of offensive snaps played. So, if he's going to miss time, Ty Johnson's probably going to be behind Chase Edmonds, but very close in terms of being the number one and two waiver wire pickups. For this week, and we all know how hard it is to come uh, by really good running backs off the waiver wire at this point in the season. So these guys are going to end up being very valuable if the guys ahead of them, both David Johnson and Carrion Johnson, uh, are going to miss any time due to their injury. So uh, if you haven't blown your fab budget yet, you may end up doing it this week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, just I don't know. Part of me is just so frustrated because on Johnson is. I was so
3: excited to get him in the third round in so many drafts, and it just hasn't really. Yeah, that out. injury.
4: That injury yesterday hurt my soul. <laughs>
3: it really did. And I mean, he, and he, you know, last year, the knee injury also yeah. you know, finished his rookie season early. So uh, a little bit concerned there.
1: Uh, all right. Last bit of news. Will Fuller uh, left the Texans lost with a hamstring injury. And this just feels sort of like deja vu all over again with Will Fuller Graham. I mean, we, we've seen this, it seems like, time and time again. He plays really well. It's yeah. just these soft tissue injuries that keep jumping up to bite him. We'll see how long he's out. Uh, it definitely hurts him, obviously, not being there. I guess the upside is we can hope that maybe this means some more downfield throws for DeAndre Hopkins, because that, that was something you and I talked about yesterday. Right. Uh, they just aren't throwing him downfield. Maybe Will Fuller not being there allows allows Nuke to be a little bit more of a field stretcher.
4: Right. It's really interesting to see how they've used these receivers this year. Kenny Stills obviously missed a few games. He came back yesterday, but they they kind of use Nuke in more of like a possession role near the line of scrimmage. And like you mentioned, I, I hope Fuller's injury does open up some of those deep targets for him, but he, obviously he had just an enormous game yesterday it was was fantastic to see the old new Copkins and and now next week or in the next two weeks I should say he gets Raiders next and then this Jag secondary without Jalen Ramsey
1: uh, so yeah, I mean the the matchups are, are favorable. So hopefully we'll we'll see if this means some some good things for Nuke. Uh, we'll also kind of keep an eye on what Will Fuller's situation is and how soon potentially he may be back.
4: You know I know I know DeAndre Hopkins has been frustrating at times this year, but he has five or more catches in every game. He's, he's been consistent. It's just the touchdowns and the big plays haven't necessarily been there, and it seems like they're coming around.
1: Here. Right, that's the thing. Like I that he's on pace for over 100 catches this year. Um, it's just you know the one thing I noticed is that. Last uh, yesterday, uh, his air yards per target were over ten. like ten and a half, I believe it was. That's in, where you,
4: that's where you want it,
1: right? In the five games that were driving us crazy, where he wasn't doing much, that number was down about eight and a half or so. So uh, those extra two yards on average mean a whole lot of difference in his production. There you go. That's pretty much everything you need to know. <laughs> That was the news. Alright, week seven will conclude tonight's with the Patriots and the Jetropolitans. Uh, I need 15 points from Philip Dorset, Please, please, please can we make this happen to uh, get a win in one of my leagues? I would love that. That'd be grand. Um, but in the meantime, I broke down some of the big storylines from Sunday in terms of uh, Beastie Boys tunes. And uh, the first one, sure shots, right? Guys that we love, guys that we want to put in our lineup every week who maybe had frustrated us but now hopefully everything's good again. Like, are we cool? Uh, so the first one the big one is aaron Rodgers fixed 43 fantasy points six total touchdowns i mean yes that was in that was even for aaron Rodgers, that isn't considered a blow-up game uh but fabs is this, is this signs maybe that the packers offense is
3: starting to come around or was it just that he played the raiders yesterday well more amazingly is that he did it with the talent that he had around him mm-hmm. no Devonte adams geronimo allison was banged up mvs went nuts he missed a lot of practice during the course of the week. And the player we all like, Alan Lazard, didn't really do much of anything. So kudos to Rodgers. I think it was just one of those games. And, and Rodgers typically has one of those every once in a while. If you remember last year, he had a huge game against the Jets. Moved up, I believe, from QB 16 to QB 9. So you'll take that. Next up, Chiefs. But let's also keep in mind that Chiefs defense looked not really good last week, man. I mean, they're giving up just under 18 fantasy points per game to quarterback so far this season. So when you look at that matchup and you think, oh, this is going to be a high-scoring game, maybe yeah, not. Especially I, I, without Patrick
4: Mahomes. Exactly right. I mean, no Patrick Mahomes just changes the whole complexion of that game. And if the Packers get ahead, obviously, they won't have to keep their foot on the gas very, very much.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, you know, the the Chiefs, and we've kind of been saying it the last couple weeks, they're not the pick-on defense that they used to be. Uh, They're actually playing pretty well. And this has the potential, as you mentioned, Graham. If the Packers get ahead, then we can see a steady diet of Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. I would think that if you're the Chiefs, you're going to give a steady diet to Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy, because you don't want to put the ball in Matt Moore's hands, you know, 20 to 30 times. In you know, the, the game.
4: craziest thing about this Rodgers performance is he only needed 31 pass attempts to throw for 429 yards. And he had a gain of 20 or more yards to six different That's receivers. nuts. 20 or more yards to six different receivers yesterday. So for me. Yeah, I think this was more or less just he was just absolutely on fire at home against this Raiders team that just stood no chance. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so
1: we talked a little bit about this just a minute ago, but, uh, I mean, so, Graham, DeAndre Hopkins, he's he's fixed now, right? Like, we're cool, we're okay. Yeah. He's scoring touchdowns again.
4: You know, I think one of the things I, I wrote about last week was like, he'd only seen one end zone target all year, which mm-hmm. just seemed like it was just bound to regress, and obviously yesterday he got, he got into the end zone. Um, I think we're good. I think, I think we're all good with Nuke now, and, and uh, really it had never gotten as bad as maybe as it seemed because he was still being the same consistent player, just not having any big plays. But we just mentioned his schedule's about to open up, and Will Fuller's absence should open up some more deep targets. I mean, I think the, the big frustration was that, you know, the games he was giving you were, you know, 12 points,
1: 15 points, 16 points, 9 points, 7 points. Those were fine If he was like a flex guy, right? Like not not the guy you spent a late first round, early second round pick on. And I think that was the frustration here is that he was not giving you first round returns. Uh, And so, you know, coming back with a 25 point game on Sunday makes you feel a little bit better and, and gives you gives you. You know what? It's sort of like, look, I'm terrible at golf. I don't play golf very often. I'm really bad at it. And when I do, I hit a bunch of really terrible shots. And then what happens is I'm on the verge of giving up. And then I hit one really great shot. and I'm like, hey, let's keep going. Marcus, um, <laughs> you've, you've just
4: described golf, and then, and then you, hit your, you hit your next shot, you right. shank it, and you're, you're already and I'm like, pissed off again. This sucks, man.
1: This is it's stupid. That,
3: it's that one shot every round <laughs> that like, keeps you coming back. I'm
1: like, you know, I hit one good shot. I'm like, hey, let's this is fun. Let's do this again. And then like the next three like are off to the side, and it's awful, and I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, that's that's, I'm, I'm hoping that's not the case with Nuke. So anyway, um, so Fabs, are we back in on Kirk Cousins now? I mean, three weeks in a row. He's played well, and as we talked about, the matchups are really good going yep. forward. We talked about the revenge game, the double revenge game coming up this week. Um, I mean, did we did we maybe write him off too soon, um, or you know, have the Vikings come to their
3: senses and decided that you, you do have to have a passing game? Well, I, I, after four weeks, Marcus, I mean, he was dreadful. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at a guy who didn't score more than 12 point f- or 14.3 points in his first four games. So w- when you take a quarter of the season... And you look at the production, you're like, well, this team has gone completely to the run, and Stefanski has basically neutered Cousins statistically. Well, since then, he's been rejuvenated. You know, 20-plus points in three straight games. His fantasy points have increased in three straight games. He's got a revenge game against the Redskins coming up. And, and then, you know, you've got matchups. You've Kansas City, as we mentioned, they're, they're, their defense is tougher than I think a lot of people are giving him credit for. You got Dallas-Denver, then you've got to buy Seattle. So a few tough matchups in there, but... Yeah, Kirk, is, Kirk Cousins needs to be owned in every league, and I, he he is an absolute QB2 at the very least right now.
4: I was absolutely wrong about Cousins this week. He came back, and he was freaking awesome. I mean, he was so good, and especially without Adam Thielen for basically most of that game. I, I will say, uh, over the past couple of weeks, Cousins has thrown, let's see, 10 passing touchdowns on 27, 29, and 34 pass attempts. That ter- type of scoring rate is not going to sustain itself, especially, no. especially in this run heavy team, uh, run heavy offense. But we mentioned it, you know, great matchup again with the Redskins this week.
1: Yeah. Uh, so you know, I, look, I, look, if he's if he's out there, go get him, go pick him up, go at him, because because uh, things are, are looking up for Kirk Cousins right now. Uh, moving on, uh, the next group of guys are guys who are being sabotaged. Which, by the way, may be still the greatest music video in all of history. Go uh, go Google it if you've never seen it. Um, and it's not necessarily because the guys around them are playing bad, although in some cases that is the case. But in other cases, like, for instance, with Mark Ingram, right? Uh, Lamar Jackson has been just phenomenal the last few weeks. Throwing the football, running the football. And you look at his his rushing numbers on top of it, right? Uh, he's got week two, he ran for 120 yards. Week five, he had 71 yard, 70 yards. Uh, week six, 152. Yesterday, 116 yards. He really is sort of doing everything, and so that leads me to ask, guys: Is he sort of hurting the value of Mark Ingram because he has been so
4: effective running the football this year? That's a fair question, and they they've been rotating their running backs a little bit with Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. Uh, not not a too, not too enough, but it's an, I think it's it's enough to like just take away for for Mark uh, Mark Ingram over the last couple of weeks. He's basically played forty percent of snaps in Week Six. Was at fifty percent this past week, and. I don't know if it's Lamar just being so good because he's so dynamic. It's like, why would you want to give the ball to Mark Ingram when you have Lamar Jackson who could, I mean, he's basically untackleable. Um, But, yeah, the rotation is hurting him a little bit. But, you know, the thing with Ingram is is we weren't ever expecting him, I don't think, to be a bell cow and, you know, catch a bunch of passes. He has two or more red zone carries in every single game. He has, like, one of the highest touchdown Hmm. ceilings in every game. And, um, you know, even though he's not playing every snap and Lamar Jackson is awesome, he's just –
3: I mean, to me, they, I'd buy low on. Them. Yeah,
4: there's there's no running. Very few running backs have the touchdown appeal that Ingram has every week.
3: Uh, All right. I mean,
1: I guess that's that's sort of what's keeping us in. Right. And maybe maybe part of the issue was that he was so great the first couple of weeks. Uh, I mean, we're, we're both he and Lamar. We're sort of having huge weeks on the ground. Uh, and, and look, it's not that Mark Ingram has been terrible, that he's fallen off a cliff. But those yardage totals week to week have started to kind of look a little more. Well, sort of like they did last year, right? When he was kind of sharing time with Alvin Kamara, uh, and maybe we were sort of fooled uh, into into thinking some big things after the first month of the season. Uh, okay, now things are where things are going bad. Uh, is Melvin Gordon Fabs? Is he hurting Keenan Allen right now? I, I looked yesterday. The first four games of the season, Keenan Allen had about twelve targets per game. Um, that was sort of skewed. In week four, he didn't see the ball a whole lot, but that's because they ran out to a big lead against the Dolphins. They didn't really need him.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh,
1: the last three weeks since Melvin Gordon has come back, that number's dipped to about seven and a half targets per game. And I feel like it's because they're trying to shoehorn Melvin Gordon no, back uh, into the offense. No,
3: I, I completely agree. And uh, honestly, this offense was better, and I said it earlier, you know, this offense was better without Melvin Gordon. I mean, it really was. From a fantasy perspective and from a, a, a real perspective, uh, the, the Chargers – Had Allen getting targeted a ton. Uh, Guy was basically a a virtual lock to give you at least 80 yards every single game. Austin Eckler was getting the majority of the touches. He was being utilized as a pass catcher. Now, as you mentioned, they're trying to get Gordon involved in the running game, and it just hasn't worked. I mean, it's almost, you know, they kind of threw a wrench in the machine, and it sort of made everything go bonkers. And unfortunately this is going to be what we're going to have to deal with for the rest of the season because right. the chargers are not going to go away from elvin gordon it's just not it's not going to happen maybe they decrease his, his usage somewhat mm-hmm. but i mean he's still going to get the goal line opportunities which he's been getting and he's still going to be a guy that they're going to be leaning on because of his past success and the fact that you know gordon's a guy who has has had uh, a big part to do with the success of this offense over the last two or three years so it, it's just all bad right now. It's all bad in, in, in Los Angeles from a Chargers perspective.
4: Yeah, Keenan got 11 targets yesterday, had four for 61. So a solid game for him. But Melvin Gordon, guys, it's basically every play that he's – every touch that he's had so far has been negative for his team. He's He's got 36 carries on the, on the season so far, and his longest gain has gone seven yards. I mean, I, I just – Right now, the Chargers, every play that goes to Melvin Gordon is a loss for them because they have so much other talent on their offense. The ball needs to be going to other places.
1: Melvin Gordon has 115 scrimmage yards since he's been back. Austin Eckler had 118 receiving yards alone in Week 7. Mm-hmm. Um,
4: and, and you're right, Um Eckler was screwed out of a touchdown yesterday, too. Yeah. That looked really, really close. Yeah, uh,
1: he definitely was. But, you know, but you figure with as they're trying to integrate Melvin Gordon back into this offense, that that is opportunities that that aren't going to Eckler, going to Keenan Allen, going to Hunter Henry, um, which for a team that's now two and five and very quickly spiraling out of playoff relevance, you just wonder how
4: much longer they're going to try and keep,
1: you know,
4: square pegging this thing right now. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Melvin Gordon, too, is like he was he's been a great receiver in his career he's been very consistent receiver but he has 13 targets this year and they've gone for 34 yards so it's you know not only is he struggling on the ground as a rusher he's really struggling too as a receiver which is just i mean it's a huge concern for him yeah uh absolutely uh
1: last one this seems like an easy one though uh is mitchell trubisky just hurting the bears fantasy value in general um i mean look Allen robinson's getting garbage time touchdowns that's cool uh Tariq Cohen is sort of hoovering up useless targets. He had 12 targets, caught nine of them for 19 yards. And you know how I feel about PPR. Like this was like, you know,
4: exhibit A why it frustrates me. But I mean, look, I'm just, it's awful. I'm starting to think the 5'6 guy who's 160 pounds probably shouldn't be getting 12 targets in an NFL football game.
1: I mean, but when you have a quarterback that literally is just kind of like basically
4: panic throwing the football i mean that's what happens right the bears yesterday their their offensive game plan i mean coming out of the bye right they let mitchell trubisky throw and i get it they you know they got behind against the saints whatever saints have a good run defense too but they let trubisky throw the ball over 50 times david montgomery had it two carries two
1: that's Mm. it yeah
4: and like that's the other part that i don't understand i I just right now i mean the, the bears look you haven't been able to run the ball a year. David Montgomery has definitely been disappointing. Has not been efficient. But you can't you can't expect Mitchell Trubisky to throw the ball over 50 times and you win football. I mean, it's well, just insane the to other, me. The other part of that is that
1: it's not as though the Saints ran out and hid in that game. No. I mean, the, the, the the final score,
4: like, they ran off a, a string of points, especially in the second half, but that game was fairly close through most of the first half. It, it was close on the scoreboard, but the, the the Saints absolutely manhandled the Bears on both sides of the ball. I, th- I thought their defense was fantastic once again, and, and Trubisky's just proving himself that he's, I mean... He's not even just a guy. He's really holding this offense back. He's not even, you know, he's not even basically orchestrating the thing. He's just he's kind of dead weight right now. Yeah.
3: And let's talk about, uh, you know, Marcus had mentioned how, you know, this week was unpredictable. And, and, you know, I mentioned that it had gone sideways. The Bears as a team have gone sideways. The t- two of the teams that people expected to compete in their respective conferences were the Browns and the Bears. And neither one of those teams is any good. The Bears defense the last two weeks has gotten crushed by running backs. Latavius Murray made them look awful yesterday. And then in London, Josh Jacobs went nuts against them. So from a fantasy landscape scenario, you don't fear this back, this this, you know, rushing defense anymore. And they've got I believe the Chargers coming up next. So that's a whole different story (laughs) because we've been talking about Melvin Gordon. But, you know we mentioned how the chiefs defense is actually like pretty good against wide receivers the bears defense has actually been really bad against running backs the last couple of weeks and things change from year to year and these two teams in particular are a glaring example of that and then let's also not you know not forget that the colts who don't have andrew luck anymore are currently leading the afc south
1: yeah uh which actually leads me perfectly into our final category here the guys who fight for your rights fight for their right to be on your roster or to Mm -hmm. be in your starting lineup so you mentioned that the bears the last two weeks uh, i believe between jacobs and murray uh combined 242 rushing yards and four touchdowns uh they scored against the bears defense The one thing I did notice was sort of going through pro football focus and looking at run concepts and that sort of thing. The teams that have had some success on the ground against the Bears have gone very heavy outside zone. That's what the Raiders did. Uh, The the Saints did that yesterday a little bit. And I think some of it is just like, let's just run right at Khalil Mack and see if we can sort of neutralize him that way. And I think that has helped a little bit. I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, start all your running backs against the Bears, because I think that would be foolish. But it does bring up, Graham, I mean, the issue of, okay, so these last two weeks or last two games, people have run on the Bears. Now we have Melvin Gordon, who we just talked about being stuck in neutral right now. Yeah. Do, do we feel confident enough that Melvin Gordon
4: can – I mean, I just – I don't know that I would do it. I don't yeah. know that I'm that I'm brave enough to do that. You can't start Melvin Gordon this week. I know, obviously, the Raiders – um, had some success with outside zone. Saints did too. But Dalvin Cook and, and the Vikings they run a ton of outside zone, and you know Dalvin Cook really struggled, got in the end zone in that game. I, I think the Bears probably will get their run defense right, but you mentioned it, man. You can't play Melvin. You can't play Melvin Gordon play this Melvin week. Gordon. I mean, you could play Eckler because of his usage in the passing game. Because Eckler, and because Eckler is awesome, and you feel comfortable if he gets ten to twelve touches, he's actually going to do something on them. Um, you can't feel that way about Melvin Gordon right now. I just yeah I
1: mean like I looked at those last and I you know I in my weekly tired wired column where I just sort of like look at things that you know maybe maybe you try this I really thought like, maybe you give Latavius Murray a shot maybe Sean Payton will look at what the Raiders did and try to do something similar and it worked out I I don't have that same level of confidence in the Charger offense Um, I just don't um so I feel like we sort of answered this at the beginning, but uh, I'll ask it again, Fabs. Chase
3: Edmonds, he's got standalone value right now, right? He, he may, I now, mean, well, now that David Johnson I mean, potentially
1: is, yeah, you know, who knows? I mean,
3: with the news about Jay Ajayi, I mean, you could be looking at a potential top 10 back the rest of the, rest of the way, or at least as long as David Johnson is going to miss time, assuming that's the case because we're just reading the tea leaves here. But, I mean, that, that performance, that, that's going to go down as one of the most wasted great performances of the season. Right. Because none of us knew that David Johnson (laughs) was going to end up being on the sidelines. So the people who started Chase Edmonds were starting him out of desperation as a flex starter because they had a player on a bye week. Whatever the case may be, you have injuries. You say, hey, this guy is getting touches. We'll throw him in there. And boom. Three touchdowns later, you could end up having a top tier back if David Johnson is going to miss any, any games.
4: Yeah, could you imagine, like, having, you know, obviously there's a lot of great running backs out on a bye last week McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, James Conner, to name a few. And then you put in J- Chase Edmonds, it's just like, oh, he's going to get the ball a few times, and he ends up just having one of the best games. It's un- yeah. the best games of the season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one one thing, real quick the Cardinals have a late bye this year. Um, week 12, I yeah, believe it is. Yeah, it's week 12. That's, I mean, if DJ's not going to get any rest, and obviously he was used. And I'm quoting Cliff Kingsbury is like what did he say is an as needed need, need based or yeah, something like that as yeah. needed basis. Maybe they were just giving him the week off to kind of like you know get him right for this you know month long stretch run of having a late buy. Um, but yeah, Edmonds man, it looks like I mean if 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 he's going to be their lead guy with DJ banged up, he's definitely a top top 15 back every single week because the Cardinals just have such a great offense that's so conducive to
1: rushing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we saw so many RPOs yesterday that were so successful with them. The, he went the, to uh, Fordham, Chase Adams.
3: How many guys have you been starting on your fantasy team that have been uh, Fordham alums? Ford, the Fordham Rams, I believe they yes. are. Yes, yes. Um, that school is in the Bronx. It is. Uh, one of their most famous alums is Vin Scully. Oh, mm. nice! Fun fact: where uh, where our Yankees are now residing for the rest of the offseason.
1: <laughs> hey, by the way, shout out to C. C. Sabathia. Uh, yes, who who and I, he and I are from the same hometown. So shout out to him on a what has been a great career. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hall of Famer. Yes. Hall of Famer.
3: No doubt. All right. Cool. Yeah. No doubt. Cool.
4: Um he's he, CC just played for so long
3: and for so dominant, and
4: for so good ever he was, so, and yep. it, he was even good the past couple years i mean he got people out consistently
1: uh by the way he also was a, a power forward on a high school basketball team that uh went to a state championship game hmm. lost in the state championship game but uh yeah it was a big part of it uh okay that's enough of that <laughs> uh it's a time to sell high on marvin jones uh obviously the four touchdown day you're not going to get any better than that uh out of Really, you know, out of a lot of guys, but especially out of Marvin Jones, especially on a day when Kenny Galladay only gets two targets. Do you sell high on him now or do you wait until after this week's game against the New York Giants and think that, you know, get maybe one last hurrah with
3: Marvin Jones and then try to move him? Uh, I'd be trying to sell on him right now. (laughs) Yeah, You got the Giants, you got Raiders, Bears, Cowboys, Redskins. I'd be trying to sell. I mean. He, he's had one other really strong game this season. That was it. That was back in week three against the Eagles, who are obviously awful against wide receivers. So, yeah, I'd be trying to sell him right now.
4: I think one of the biggest things here is, like, you know, it's just such a weird game sometimes. The NFL is so weird. Matthew yeah. Stafford throws it 45 times, 45 freaking times. Galladay gets two targets. And, and coming into this game, Galladay was by far... Uh, had the better role than Marvin Jones. Coming in, he saw 26% of the team's targets. Jones was down to 17%. they had more air yards. And, of course, Marvin Jones just goes absolutely ham. Uh, one, thing, one thing I learned, um, and we've been learning, I think, over the past couple of weeks, is Xavier Rhodes is not the same player he was. No, this Vikings, that's for sure. This Vikings defense is beatable. They are very, very beatable through the air.
3: Yep, which means uh, you can get Mr. McLaurin back into your starting lineups.
1: Which is weird. You never would have thought that. Assuming, the the
3: assuming that you know, there's not a, another you know, monsoon. Well, you know? Yeah, that
4: didn't help. So that, uh, that didn't help at all. Um, I, I was shocked to see the field conditions at FedEx Field were,
1: were not good yesterday. That, that mm. never happens. Weird. That never happens. I uh, want to see
3: where that game is. Hopefully, it's not in uh, in Washington. Yeah, well, let's we, see. It's in Minnesota, so there will be no monsoon unless unless there's a major catastrophe. Yeah, this a flood inside yes, yes. the stadium. I mean, yep. McLaurin was a good fade though this past uh, this. Past yeah,
1: year. I mean, I feel like we all sort of saw that one. That was one of the we few did. things that I feel like we saw coming that actually kind of worked out. <laughs> it did, right? Yeah, not wait, much. Wait. Not
3: much did. That one was actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a good one.
4: Not only did Niners defense just absolutely have another awesome game, but the rain there just was. I much know just shut everything down. Catalyst. Case came threw the ball twelve times this week. Everyone, yeah. everyone was starting. <laughs> yeah. Tevin
3: Coleman. Tevin Coleman got the majority of the touches in that backfield, but couldn't do much, slopping around in that quagmire. Right, and uh, then you've also got Jimmy Garoppolo, who a lot of people started uh, as a streamer. I, and I will say,
4: I feel like it'd be extremely fun to play in those types of conditions, like Nick Bosa and all those guys. Like they seem like they're having a great time yeah. like, sliding around. And
1: yeah, apparently the uh, the Washington home broadcast uh, took offense to nick bosa sliding after the sack that ended the game like really get over yourself they uh they pretty much kicked your butt like you know you're the,
3: <laughs> i mean you're the redskins you're not that good <laughs> like
1: that's the thing that that's what made not not how the franchise has been mismanaged over two decades <laughs> or anything like that or how this team is really just bottom of the barrel awful it was nick bosa sliding across your field that's what set you off mm. yeah get over it um Waiver Wire time. Uh, there are a lot of names that are, are worthwhile on the Waiver Wire yep. this week. Because we talked about so many injuries. So it's like a lot of guys to keep an eye on. Chase Edmonds, obviously top of the list. Especially if this David Johnson thing turns out to be more serious than we originally anticipated. Uh, Ty Johnson, uh, you're keeping an eye on what happens with on Johnson. So many guys named Johnson who are injured right now. Johnson and Johnson and Johnson. And Johnson, I know, right? So uh, keep an eye on Ty Johnson. He's potentially He potentially has some value this week. Mark Walton, who... It's his backfield now there in Miami. Um he out snapped <laughs> he outsnapped Kenyon
4: Drake yesterday.
1: He had a I'm decent just, day on the ground.
4: I'm just laughing because we were debated like, oh, should you draft Kalen Belage late, Kenyon Drake? Is he worth a you know fifth, yeah. sixth round, seventh round pick? And now we're being, talking about Mark Walton. Ends up being Mark Walton who got arrested and cut from the Bengals and yes. now he's
3: their leader. I mean and arrested and cut from the Bengals. Yeah. Like that's a little odd because How many guys over the years have been arrested as part of that roster and
1: stayed there? Man, so yeah, so Mark Walton, uh, it it is his backfield there in Miami for the foreseeable future. Speaking of guys in Miami, look, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams have been very quietly playing some good football. Devontae Parker has touchdowns in three straight games. Three straight games. Uh, You know, Preston Williams is getting a whole lot of targets there. And look, as much Graham, you talked, you and I talked about this yesterday. As much as we like Josh Rosen as a player, this offense is just better with Ryan Fitzpatrick.
4: Yeah. It does not bode well for Rosen. I mean, I was a Rosen fan coming out. I've I've tried to stand for him because I just think he's gotten a completely raw deal with last year, obviously being the Cardinals and this year with the Dolphins. But uh, definitely does not bode well that Ryan Fitzpatrick comes out and immediately gives this offense a lift. I know. Um,
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's from a fantasy standpoint, it's the older guys that we want. You know, we want Case Keenum in there because of the Terry McLaurin thing. We want Ryan Fitzpatrick in there because he's going to be throwing the football to Parker and. He's going to make mistakes and turnovers, but from a statistical perspective, those are the guys we want, and it's the same thing in Tennessee, and I'll I'll move on to Corey Davis. Mm -hmm. We want Ryan Tannehill as the quarterback of the Tennessee Titans because it not only is going to improve the value of what they do in the passing game, but that trickle-down effect, Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, two guys that you should be looking to pick up off the waiver wire. I picked up Davis in one of my leagues just, I had a gut feeling, and it ended up, panning out. He had over 20 fantasy points. So those, Johnu Smith, right? Delaney Walker's Walker's hurt. Yeah. So Johnu Smith is another guy. So yeah, sometimes, uh, you know, we want those backup quarterbacks or the older veteran guys to be uh, the the placeholders in those, on those teams because, for our purposes, they make the players around them statistically better. I mean,
1: the, the thing about Tannehill is that he at least is willing to take shots downfield, which is something Marcus, <laughs> Mar- Marcus Mariota just would
4: not do. Uh, on that touchdown, I think it was to Corey Davis, it was a pretty tight window, and Marcus Mariota would have never, in a million years, <laughs> never tried that, pass.
1: that. Never would have tried that. So at least Ryan Tannehill gives us a little bit of hope there. Uh, Jamal Williams. Still out there. I think he's only owned on NFL.com in like eighteen percent of leagues or something. Something really, really yeah, low. Yeah, very like low, that. very low. He's getting snaps. He's getting touches. He's getting into the end zone, folks. So you know, look, Aaron Jones is still doing good things not even being a workhorse, both these guys should be on rosters. And I think in certain situations, both these guys are startable right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenny Stills is back and healthy. And again, with Will Fuller out, and you know, we'll see how long he's out uh, if his hamstring injury lingers, Kenny Stills kind of becomes the deep threat in that offense. And you talk about guys wanting to take shots downfield. Deshaun Watson will throw the ball downfield there. Uh, the Steelers' defense, because they got the Dolphins
3: next and week. And you can pick them up right now.
1: Yep, you, you go can get pick them, them up now. right now because they're on a buy. Good call. Uh, yep. Steelers defense going against Miami I'm next go do week. That in a few weeks. Uh, which by the way makes me at least you know hopeful that Juju can can do something next week because uh, you know Mason Rudolph hopefully is that, back. Yeah. Uh, they're playing the Dolphins, so hopefully Juju will, will have some some rebound value. Mm-hmm. Hey, Chris Herndon, we're gonna try this again. <laughs> yeah, i we're, we're gonna try again. it again.
4: <laughs> I've been laughing in my head about this one. I, it's like we're gonna get to week twelve. Chris Hurt is still a waiver wire. We're going
3: we're to try, try it again. We're try <laughs> it I mean, again. He's, he's getting closer. He's getting closer right. to playing. Yeah. So, so, Marcus, I ha- I'm, I'm surprised you didn't notice this. It's Back to the Future Day. Oh, oh it is Back to the Future Day, isn't it? Oh, my God. It's 1021. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's right. How about that? 2015, uh, we, uh, no hoverboards still. No. We got those ones Where are my wheels. hoverboards? We got the ones on the wheels, but yeah. they don't actually, you know. They don't actually hover. Which right, like, They don't hover. You need a new
4: name
1: for those because they're not actually hoverboards. Wait, wait, wait
4: the the one the, the the single wheel one or the the two wheel the one? two
3: wheel ones okay I've right. seen the single yeah. wheel ones too yeah. yeah but
4: either way they're not they,
3: they don't hover no. right they don't yeah.
1: hover they don't actually hover right
3: and you also can't put like a little pizza in a black and decker machine and it. it becomes a whole big pizza that's cooked
1: no no you can't do that either. come on
3: technology get, I mean, get with the program look,
1: man the Jetsons promised us flying cars like fifty years ago and we still don't have those that so. turn into wallets yeah you I know right <laughs> man come on scientists Get it together.
3: But happy Back to the Future hey, Day, man. Back to the One future, of the day. best movies that's ever been made. By the way,
1: if you ever like, I mean, for those of us who live around here, the uh, the Twin Pines Mall is uh, just off the uh, 60, 60 freeway in Hacienda Heights. And
3: the McFly residence is also somewhere close to us as well. There is no photo mat in the parking lot,
1: mm. which uh, I don't think anybody under the age of 30 knows what a photo mat is anymore. No clue. So. I know we're getting off track what? here Whatever, the podcast's almost over um a photo mat is a place that when you use when people still had actual cameras with actual film in them uh you would take it to what is basically was basically a hut in a parking lot usually like in a mall or a strip mall or something like that and you would just drive up to this little hut yep. and you would hand your film to the person in the hut yep and then like you'd come back several days later and your photos would be developed yeah I, I distinctly- drive it was just
3: a drive-through for photo I, developing. I know you're you're uh you know you're, you're- more of a recent, you know, you're a millennial, you're I'm a younger the guy. i but, M-word. Um, but yeah, <laughs> M-word. Marcus, the, I remember distinctly that there was one of those in a Caldor parking lot. A lot of people don't even know what Caldor is. I remember don't know Cal- what Caldor is. Caldor. I don't, Caldor. I don't think a, they had it out there. Really? Is that right? Do you remember? No, you're young. Yeah, Caldor is like Bradley's. And no? No. Is it like Bradley's like a pharmacy? either? No. No, they're like, well, the they only... they're like, they're, they used to be, that's like Target, basically. Oh, uh, like yeah. That, that, yeah. They, they, that, must, that might have been a regional thing, so I don't think we had It was that. Kmart. Right. In Connecticut, it was Kmart. You had Caldor. And then you had uh, Bradley's, no?
1: no? Yeah, I think those are regional. I don't know. Yeah, either. Oh. yeah I don't. I don't know any of those other. But I, I'm I do, really
3: old. Look,
4: at I, I, I do know when I go and get film developed, like when I was a kid, or I'd be with my mom or something. We'd always go to like Walgreens or like one of those pharmacies that are just yeah. you know the major chains. You can still do that. Still do I, know, that at, I never heard of a wow. photo. You can
1: still do that at the, like at Rite Aid and CVS or whatever. But right. yeah, no. Like Photomat was basically just took that part of the the Rite Aid and just put it in a hut in the parking lot and you just, you just that, drove up and handed your film Kaldar
3: had this ugly rainbow looking oh. thing it was like brown yeah, orange and yellow totally not familiar yeah. with that mm. Yep, not, that's
1: it. not at all uh-huh. so. uh, alright well that was a fun trip down memory lane yeah it was so there you go that is it we are done we appreciate you downloading and listening as always you know the drill tell two friends to tell two friends rate, review, and remember with great power come to great electric bill we'll see you on Wednesday
2: Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, some 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
0: Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh?
2: Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, ten girl go shopping. Yeah, baby.
0: Wait.
1: slash iHeart.